Well, more than half a million Albertans have cast an advance ballot ahead of Monday's Alberta provincial election. That's a voting rate that should break the previous record of roughly 696,000 people, which was set in 2019. Now, the Alberta election uh, is, for all intents and purposes, a a two-horse race between the Alberta NDP and the United Conservative Party. There are 87 ridings in Alberta, and the UCP and the NDP are the only two running a full slate of candidates. It has, from certainly where I where I sit, it has been a bare knuckle, elbows up affair between the UCP, led by Danielle Smith, and Alberta's ND, Alberta NDP's Rachel Notley. Now it's important to keep an eye on our neighbors as we are connected economically to Alberta, of course, and there's of course a significant amount of people to people relationships and family relationships as well. What happens in Alberta impacts British Columbia and vice versa. Now, ahead of election night on Monday, I thought it would be important we get a snapshot of what's happening on the ground. And our next guest uh, is a perfect uh, guest uh, to talk a little bit about Alberta politics. That's Stephen Carter. He's president of Decide Campaigns and co-host of the Strategist podcast. Stephen, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jazz. This is great. Well, you know, I was watching from afar and and I uh, am incredibly intrigued uh, by the Alberta election more so than any other time. And I'm not sure why that is. Maybe it's a, it's a polarizing, it's whatever it is. It's a, it is very interesting, even as a British Columbian to watch it. What's your sense of things in this uh, election as we head to election day, voting day? Uh, is it as tight as people say it is? It, it is incredibly tight. I was talking with some folks yesterday where we were guessing that we could be seeing a uh, you know a, a victory that would only have a few thousand votes uh, that would decide the outcome. Um, this is going to be a, a super close election, and it's going to be difficult for people to even make up their minds on who they want to support. Which you know I almost thought that this was going to be an intervention. You know you'd be calling from BC to tell us all the mistakes we were making because <laughs> uh, we're making quite a few. And, and I really do appreciate you caring about us. It's uh, it's quite a time out here in Alberta. Oh, I bet. Now, um, what are the driving issues there? The driving issues are similar to what's driving issues in, in, in British Columbia. We've got the same social disorder issues that you've got in BC. Uh, tremendous homeless populations, uh, drug use issues, uh, downtowns that are fading. Uh, then we also have um, economic issues, right? We, we are in the midst of uh, our biggest fire season this early ever, and we're still not talking about climate change. Um, so you know, we, have, we have the economy and in the future of oil of gas kind of hanging over the election, but no one actually wants to talk about it. And that's too bad because that would have made a, a very interesting election, but I'm not sure anybody telling the truth could have been actually elected in Alberta. It, it, to me, uh, I've always uh, assumed that to win an election in, in Alberta, one had to win uh, two out of three uh, areas, which would be Calgary, mm-hmm. Edmonton, and then rural Alberta. Um, is that still essentially the, the, the math, the political math? Well, again, and we're just making it smaller and smaller. Uh, right now, uh, Edmonton is entirely going to the NDP. Mm-hmm. Rural's almost entirely going to the UCP. Uh, and we've got a battle in Calgary where the, the major- majority of seats are going to the NDP but will it be enough? They need to get somewhere in the neighborhood of 17 to 18 seats in Calgary if they're going to, to hold the election. And, you know, it, it's close. We're watching it fall down now to about four four to six seats. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, when I listen to, to Ms. Smith and watch her on television, um, uh, there are things sometimes I kind of shake my head at when the comments she's made, some of the positions she's taken. What is her appeal? <laughs> and I don't mean that I in a condescending way. No, it, well, uh, you know, I'm curious. I don't know. She, she's she's running on. I'm going to protect you from the from the things that you're worried about. And so she's got a huge population of anti-vaxxers that support her. Uh, but the more important thing than than anti-vax or any of these kind of um, you know crazy things and crazy supporters that she's got is the UCP is seen to be the defender of the Alberta economy. And we we vote conservative out of almost habit here. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly it's not because of good governance. I can assure you of that. Um, but because of that habit, uh, she's able to get people to support her. And they are being told that if you vote for the NDP, you, you will in one fell swoop destroy the Alberta economy. Mm-hmm. Um, as though world economics aren't doing a good enough job already. That still uh, remains so an Achilles heel, not- though, for Ms. Notley, though. I mean, people, if they're saying Danielle Smith is the person, there still remains a healthy skepticism of the NDP and Ms. Notley and their, and their ability to, to uh, handle the economy. It's been really interesting watching uh, Notley and her team manage that. They have been ignoring that part of the issue and instead have just focused the negative campaign on Danielle. And the campaign has basically been, uh, what crazy thing will she do next? Um, and the, the, the positive thing for the NDP is that virtually every day, um, there's been another crazy thing that's been unearthed that, that Danielle Smith has said or done. Um, every day has been another issue, um, including being told by the ethics commissioner that she broke the law in a way that was not respectful of a democracy. And that's just kind of been swept away by the, by the UCP uh, followers because they just want to be conservative regardless of how, what it costs us in the long run. But whether it's UCP or NDP, I mean, when I think of uh, Calgary and, and Alberta, and I've been there in a couple of years, uh, look, forward to go back, look forward to going back this summer, uh, I, I see a very young province, uh, an increasingly diverse province. I mean, you are going through significant demographic changes. Well, we have uh, the third most diverse population in Canada here in Calgary. I mean, uh, you know, I was out in Surrey for the uh, for, for the last year, mm-hmm. and it felt very much like home. Uh, we had, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is, we have a huge visible minority population that that is. Uh, active and exciting and bringing us, we have the highest percentage of entrepreneurs in Canada, in Northeast Calgary. And that's entirely representative of, of our immigrant population. You know, they've come in and, and taken Calgary by storm. And, um, but that's, that's the new Calgary that I see, that you see, Jazz, that mm-hmm. sometimes the uh, old state um, conservative voters don't see. Um, they see threat where I see opportunity. Hmm. Well, it's going to be an interesting uh, weekend and, and look forward to uh, chatting with you very soon in regards to what it all means <laughs> Tuesday morning. Well, so <laughs> Keep an eye on your neighbors. Keep an eye on us. You I, know, we, we need your help. Yeah. We, this is uh, it's a difficult time for us, Jazz. So no. thanks for checking in on it. Yeah, we always do, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Talk to you soon.